0: If you ever hear two people arguing over money, the person who says, yo, why's it always got to be about the money? Is always the person who owes the money. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, they try everything when they owe you something, don't they? Yo, where's my money? Yo, money's not everything, fam. Wow. Now money's not everything. It was everything the day you needed it. I want it back. Where's my money? You always talking about money. I'm always talking about money because every time I see you, you owe me something. If you paid me, we wouldn't have to talk about money. We could talk about the Knicks or something. It's always the person that owes the money. All of a sudden, money ain't shit. They'll try anything to get out of it. Well, you don't need it. What? (laughs) Now you in my pockets? Don't tell me what I need. Just give me my money, fam. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me I ain't need it, I wouldn't need it. But I don't. Well, you seem to be doing just fine. Don't see this is not this is not the time for compliments. I want my money. I used to have friends who owed me money. They even knew how to answer the phone. If I called them and they didn't owe me money, it would be normal. Like yo, yo it's good, fam, I'm chilling. You know. If I called them around the time that they owed me something, I wasn't even calling for that. I call them, yo. Hey, man, I'm going through it, man, my kid. All right, fam, you ain't got to do all that. You don't got to do I'm not even calling you about the money, fam. Oh, okay. But since we on it, <laughs> when I'm going to get my money? Yo, I'd always got to be about Man, shut your ass up. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. There's a moment in everything, and everything is a moment. I talk about the comedy in it all. This is your first time. Welcome to the funniest podcast you have never heard. I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back. Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners.
1: Yeah,
0: episode 68.
1: We're
0: in the building another week. Give it up for yourself. Give it up for you. Oh man! By the time y'all hear this, I'll have just got back from vacation. I'm recording this right before I leave. Full transparency, just in case I start talking about some shit later. And you're somewhere in your car at work like, why is Mo talking about this two weeks later? Oh my God, that's why. Okay, don't do that. Okay, I'm not late, but I'm late. All right, that's where we at. Now, (laughs) I'm on my way to Aruba. I will let y'all know how that went. Uh, Should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I need it. And that about it. So before I get into this vacation, where I plan on being happy every day, let me tell y'all why I'm mad.
1: I'm
0: mad at group texts. It gets out of control sometimes, and I get frustrated, because I don't know what to do. I'm not a texter like that. It's not really my thing, but I'm in these group texts, and sometimes the group texts get, it get like hot, you know, it get a little juicy. So you be hype, you want to get your little two cents off? Want to get your little opinion off? And I got friends who I don't know if they type from computers or where they typing from, but they getting four, five, six text off before I could get like my one thought off. And I'm like, fam, you have to relax. I don't understand how you got six text off, three of them paragraphs in 6.3 seconds. Like what the fuck, man? How is that even possible? And then I got, if it's two, then if it's two or three people in the group doing this, every single time I go to get a thought and I'm like, oh, I'm about to kill him with this one. I'm about to Hulk smash with this opinion. They're already on a new topic. As soon as I send my joint, like, they, you have to go back and do the little reply thing because it's, they don't, we're not even talking about that anymore. This is why you can never group text with friends if some of your friends don't have a job. Like, if you got friends that don't have a job or they have the job where they can text all day and it's not a problem, you can't have them in a group text. It's not fair (laughs) to the rest of us. It's not fair. I have something to add. (laughs) Let me add it. I was getting, I be getting annoyed with the group text sometimes. I gotta set my laptop up just to keep up. I still don't get them off quick enough. Used to give them 90 words per minute in college. And can't find my groove in a group text. It's disgusting. Who's next? I'm mad at something I did the other day. And I wonder if I'm the only person to ever do this. It was small. It was nothing major. But just the fact that I did it was enough to just give me this moment. Like, what's wrong with you, bro? (laughs) So, I'm at the gym. Somehow I cut myself. I don't know how I did it. So I'm like, all right, run to the bathroom, wrap it up. Run upstairs, get a Band-Aid. Whatever. And then I go on about my day. I treated myself this day, and I had wings from my favorite little spot. I'm eating the wings, and out of habit, I go to lick my finger. And I licked the shit out of this (laughs) Band-Aid. I licked it. I mean... (laughs) When your intention is to get chicken and you get Band-Aid, like has anyone ever licked a Band-Aid? I'm just curious. It wasn't like I really had a moment with myself of how could you do that? To so a Band-Aid? You forgot. That's that's really stupid. And if you've never licked a Band-Aid before, let me tell you. Not exactly ice cream. Not at all. Band-Aids are pretty disgusting, man. Pretty disgusting. I don't know if you've ever licked a bandage, but If you have it, don't. You're welcome. Who's next? I'm mad at phones. Phones talk too damn much nowadays. It just is what it is. Too much information. Too much. This whole smartphone era is cool. It's nice to have a phone until your phone starts telling you a whole bunch of things it doesn't want to tell you. You know? I'm minding my business. Phone pops up. Hey. Screen time's a little high there, buddy. Might want to dial it back. This is not like you. You're wildin'. Fam, I'm on my phone. I know... How long I've been on my phone. It's me on my phone. I'm aware. I don't need you to tell me. Phone scared the shit out of me in the gym. I'm doing reps. It's chest day. Heavy weights. And I got my music blasting in my headphones. Getting it. Ha. One. Ha. Two. That's it. Just two. Strong two, though. And my phone do this weird noise. Just out of nowhere. Just a weird noise that I never heard before. Damn near dropped the weights. What the hell was that? I didn't know. Put the weights down, looked at my phone. It was like, hey, volume's too high on your headphones, man. Might want to dial it back. What? Uh Man, what the? the, Yo, this is what the alert was for. That shit was loud as hell in my headphones. For you to tell me my headphones are loud? The music was fine. You the one scared the shit out of me. Like, why should I be worried about the music? It's you that's the problem. I damn near killed myself because you alerting me out of nowhere. I ain't never even heard that sound. I ain't know what it was. Phones tell you too damn much. Ain't nobody ask you to tell me all that, bro. Relax. I can't wait till they come out with a dumb phone. Who's next? I'm, de- <laughs> I'm, defi- I'm definitely getting the the dumb phone. <laughs> hey, and while we on it, Facebook, stop reminding me of seven years ago. Those are not my friends anymore. It's- Some of those family members I even took pictures with, I don't talk to them anymore, Facebook. Stop. Enough is enough. I know where to find the pictures that are from seven years ago. I know where they are. I know how to get there. Don't worry about it. Who's next? I'm mad at myself because I feel like I might be just a tad bit nasty. I might be. Um... I was thinking about this, and I was like, damn, that is kind of backwards now that I think about it because... I heard Bert this week say something about how he likes to look at all of these really expensive homes that he can't afford, and he gets a thrill out of it. And I'm like, I've always been, like, the complete opposite. I always hated to, like, window shop or look at cars I can't afford. I don't, I never got it like a kick out of that. I look at really cheap homes so I can feel like I'm killing it. (laughs) Like, I've always been that way. Every time I've ever upgraded in life, I went back to my old neighborhood just to look at it like, wow, I'm doing so much better. I don't miss you. <laughs> I'm treating my old places like an ex. I did it when I went back to New York last time. Went right back to where I used to be. Remember when I struggled to live here? Wow. <laughs> look at me now to my old apartment. <laughs> that is sick. That is nasty. That is nasty. I have I have to stop doing this. You should look at things that you can't afford so that you can inspire yourself to afford them. I have not been doing that. I am doing the complete opposite. I'm looking at cheap cars. Like, oh, I can buy 40 of those. <laughs> Car probably $60. Who's next? All right, let's get in the shout-out. I dreamed it all ever since I was young. They said I won't be nothing. Now they always say congratulations. Shout-out to Burt, man. Shout-out to Burt Weiss himself coming on my podcast. I really appreciated it. I had a really good time with him. Um, It was great. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Uh, (laughs) I definitely didn't get to ask him all of the questions I wanted to or get into all of the things I wanted to get into. And that was mostly because of Casamigos. Yep, that was mostly because of tequila. But I mean, it was five hours worth of material. And I gave you guys the majority of it. I think I'm going to have some bonus clips that I'm going to release later in time because some of it is really gold. But it was great, man. It was really great to sit down with him and just talk about the last three years and to also hear about his experiences that I've never heard before and to get his viewpoint on so many things. It was my first genuine interview, like my first real interview. And it was easy because I was genuinely interested in him as a as a person and as a man and all that he had to say. So it it was great. Now, with now, <laughs> now that that's out of the way, um, I'm going to probably give you all a little bit of real talk here, a little earlier on the part than I normally do. Don't be alarmed. I'm fine. <laughs> it just makes sense to put it here. But I'm never drinking again is the thing. Um, I'm done. I am done. Yo, that night, I think that night was a breaking point for me. The night that Bert and I did the podcast and I'm going to tell you why. So it's kind of ironic because before that, Bird had came on to the show quite a few times and talked about how he started to read this book on drinking. And the book is called The Naked Mind, if you're interested. But I heard him say that it really helped him. So it's kind of ironic because before this night, I'd been listening to Bert's journey about drinking and how he read this book called The Naked Mind that changed his entire perspective of drinking. And it got him to a point where... He just didn't desire it anymore. Not nearly as much as he used to. And there was a part of me that felt like, OK, he's talking to me and doesn't even know it because I knew that I was drinking more than I wanted to for a while, especially since my grandmother died. And my issue with drinking has never been that I like drink too much. I like I'm, I've I've never drunk every day. I was never that guy. That's easy for me. I can just drink on the weekends. That's not a problem. And some people even say that's too much. Now, I have drunk every weekend for a while. Not going to lie to you. My problem was never that, though. My thing was always I don't know how to cap it when I do drink. I just keep going and always wake up the next day regretting it. And I used to be able to deal with that. I was in my 20s. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if the game went into three, four overtimes. So what? Got the legs for it. Not so much anymore. So now it matters. And I don't think I ever truly saw the results of me drinking too much before. Most of us don't when you think about it. So here I am saying to myself, I want to get to this place where when I do decide to have a drink, I can just have a drink or two. And maybe three or four. But never more than that. That's always been my thing. I can't have a drink or two. That's always three or four for me. Five or six might come. I'm a pretty big guy, so I've always been able to handle it. But again, you don't know what you look like drunk. Most of us think we know exactly what we look like drunk. And you have no idea. (laughs) Let me be the first to tell you. (coughs) So I'm trying to get to this place where I can like dial it back, right? And I don't know how to do it, to be honest, because I work, 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 Rihanna style. And then when I have a little bit of fun, well, I delete the little bit part. <laughs> and I go hard. And and I, and I always say to myself, not this time. Tonight I'm going to be cool. This night I'm going to be cool. I end up going hard. Get around people you're comfortable with. Yo, take another shot. Yo, I love the bird show. This one's on me. Yo, you know, one thing leads to another. Next thing you know. Blah, 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 blackout. So with all the drinking I've done in my lifetime, here's the thing about me. I've only blacked out like twice. I got friends who have blacked out every weekend for 10 years. (laughs) I have only truly blacked out twice. The first time was the first time I was ever really drunk. That was in Mexico. I was a kid. I was, that's, (laughs) in terms of drinking, I should probably specify that I wasn't literally a kid, but I was really young. And the second time, was that night, Thursday night, doing the podcast. I've never been that drunk in my life, and it made no sense to me why I felt the way I felt until the next day when Bert pulled out the bottle that we had, and it was gone. (laughs) Just
1: the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try.
0: A whole bottle of tequila. Nah, I've never done that in my life. I had no idea what it turned me into. All I knew was I woke up in the morning. Alexa woke me up. Ew. Drunky. Alexa. Alexa, I'm I'm doing a podcast. I didn't really need you. Alexa, stop. Anyway, sorry about that, y'all. Homegirl woke me up. (laughs) I can't say her name anymore. She's like, Ew. Drunky. Get it up. (laughs) You're welcome, you gotta go to work I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me I couldn't feel my face, my head I couldn't feel anything I go to work, do what I gotta do, right? But I didn't remember what happened the night before Now the details of what happened are sketchy And they're here and there And well, it depends on who you ask And it's a whole thing And I'm not gonna tell you all the majority of it Oh, believe me, I'm not Maybe I will one day There's some lost files out there I might put them out there for a dollar or two If it get rough But listen, (laughs) The point in all of this is I went back to listen to some of the audio And no lie I couldn't get through 30 seconds of it Without just cringing to my soul Like I I wanted to throw up From listening to myself I'm keeping it all the way 100 with y'all I came to party today Who's ready for a party? (laughs) And something inside of me clicked I said, whoa, whoa, who's that? Who is that? I've always wanted the moment. This is why prayer is powerful, man. Because I said to myself, I don't know what it's going to take, Lord. But I want to get a better handle on my drinking. Because I had to look back at some of the things I had done since my grandma died. And I realized in that moment, on a couple of nights when I had a few, and then had a few more, it ended up in a me just being angry moment. You always hear that alcohol is a depressant, but I never truly got it until I had something inside of me that would genuinely depress me. And it was that. You get angry for no reason. You're just angry. I don't know what I'm angry for. I don't even know what I'm doing or what I'm saying. And I heard myself. And I'm like, yo, who is that? It was so cringe. I literally couldn't listen to it. I turned it off. I said, I don't want to hear any more of this. I haven't listened to it. Because I can't. And as embarrassed as I was, I had remembered it. I prayed for this. It hit me. I asked God. I said, hey, whatever you got to do to help me get to this place. When you say those words, oh, man. It's like I tell people all of the time. You can disrespect somebody, but you cannot control how they react to it. That's that's not up to you. So watch what you say. It's the same thing with your prayers. You can ask for something, but it ain't up to you how it's going to come. <laughs> so how bad you want it? It took me years to realize that prayer don't just like, he ain't going to just drop the package off, fam. Like, I think sometimes people don't think that prayer works or that the universe doesn't work for them because it ain't like FedEx, Amazon. It ain't just going to be dropped off at your door. It's going to be dropped off at the gym. You're going to have to do some work. It's going to be some exercises you got to work through. But you're going to get it. And I damn sure I didn't want it that way. But I realized when you think about it, most of the time, you never really have to listen to or watch yourself really drunk in life. Most of the time, no one's recording you. Unless you just got friends who's putting phones in your face for an hour on a drunk night. You Even if you do see yourself or watch yourself, it's usually clips. It's a minute or two. Some of us can't even watch that. Oh, I don't want to see that. Nah, I'm cool, man. Nah, I was wilding. That's cool. I don't want to see that. Think about that for a second. Why well, you don't want to see it? Everybody else saw it. You didn't see yourself, but what you seeing of yourself, everybody else saw. And that might be the most common sense, <laughs> simple thing I've ever said. But for some reason, it ain't hit me until it hit me. And maybe it's going to hit somebody else. I don't know. Came to part, though. But you talk about being ready. I didn't know what that moment was. Like Bert said, you got to be ready. You got to really want this. I didn't know when it was going to come or how it was going to come. I was like, I don't know, but I prayed on it. When he said that that day, I went home and I prayed on it. And then that was how the moment came. I feel as if I owe everyone I was around an apology and don't even know what I did. But I, I thought to myself, if I feel embarrassed by this moment to where I want to apologize to everyone who was around me because I really just don't remember anything. Right. And everybody's like, oh, no, you're fine. don't worry about it. But I'm like, I just I don't I don't like not knowing. Right. Like, I don't. What did I do? I don't I wasn't It was out of body experience. It's only happened twice to me. I know this has happened to a lot of other people a lot more times, but it made me think. What about the times when I didn't necessarily black out, but I thought I came off a way and I came off a whole different way? How many people have I offended? How many people did I not even realize what was really going on? And maybe most people never think of that, but I did. I said, hmm. I had no idea I was sounding like this or coming off like this. Nothing about it was sexy. So I got to get my sexy back. Not exactly sure what the lesson in that is, but I haven't had a drink since. Till this moment, even on vacation, I'm going to drink extremely differently than I would have before. My whole mindset is different. I never want to look like that or be like that or sound like that in front of anybody else ever again. And I'm the kind of person when I get my mindset on something, oh, that's a wrap. That's over. That's going to happen. So if you're looking for help in that department, maybe it'll come in a book. Maybe it'll come in some willpower and decision-making. Maybe it'll come with the help of a friend. Maybe it will come from simply recording yourself. It can come from any of these things. But one thing I know it can come from is prayer. Who's next? Shout-out to my mother. (laughs) What's up, mama? Just a quick shout-out to my mother because I'm proud of her. I'm extremely proud of her. She has wanted to kind of get out there for a while now, whether it be her podcast or webcast. Uh, Her videos she's just wanted to put herself in front of the people because she is she's my mama and she's great and she's gifted and she has a lot to say and a lot to offer and we all know as her family that what she has to offer the world is special and it will help so many people and it would help her in return just as much because that's who my mom is she's about helping and loving and for a while, she's been hesitant. She's wanted to do it, but she's been hesitant, like most of us, or practically all of us who have ever really come this on this journey or this path of having to speak to people and deal with people. It is more than what a lot of people understand it to be. And so she, uh, she did her first webcast <laughs> uh, a couple days ago. She put it out there. She was transparent. She was honest. She was real. She was well-spoken. Um, I will post a link up on my social media if y'all want to go and check out my mother. She had some great words of advice and wisdom on family, on parenting, on God, on faith, on a whole lot of things. And I'm just proud of her, man. She did her thing, and I think it will really help somebody if you need it as well. So, all right, that's enough church, man. I feel like I took you out of church for a minute. I'm going to step out in these streets before we go back in. All right, hold on. Who's next? Let's get down to business. You All right, let's talk about Diddy. Yeah, come on. I need it. Hey, if we if we being honest, I wanted to give Diddy the Sicko Award, but I couldn't because I just gave it to him, man. I'm like, I can't give it to this dude every week, but he keeps doing sick things. If you're not familiar, Diddy. <laughs> So, about a week ago, again, because I'm being fully transparent, this is right before I'm leaving for Aruba. But Diddy just posted a picture of himself holding J-Lo's hand (laughs) as a throwback Thursday picture. Obviously, because of what she's going through with A-Rod, who is now Makeup Man. And... I mean, which makes sense. I don't know why y'all roasting A-Rod for that. You can't make up with your girl. You go just invest in makeup. I mean, you got to cover up the hurt. <laughs> it makes sense. In the meantime, J-Lo's running around with Tattoo Back. Bruh. And <laughs> to Ben Affleck and Diddy's out here posting Throwback Thursdays. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. It's just Diddy going err you know and it's nasty because he know everybody gonna talk about it. It's gonna trend the man knows what he's doing. Diddy been toxic, man, forever. And I'ma stop talking about him because I feel like eventually he's gonna listen to my podcast and I feel like this is the third time I'm roasting Diddy. But he has to stop this. I don't I wanna get to the parties, but he has to stop this, man. Diddy, stop being so toxic, fam. You gotta relax. Wait until she's done with back tattoo. That's the least you can do. You know J-Lo don't stay long. I said too much. Who's next? Rest in peace to the dog. Uh, uh. DMX. I'm sharing this because Swiss Beats uh, did an interview with The Breakfast Club, and he told a hilarious DMX story. And it was a really good interview. He he told a lot of different things about DMX. If you're a fan of DMX, you should watch that interview. But Swiss was one of the closest people to X, known him since they were teenagers. So they got tons of stories together, as you can probably imagine. And Swiss is a producer, came up in Rough Riders when DMX was a rapper, in case you're not familiar. And obviously he was speaking on the passing of DMX and DMX's album and things of that nature. And they asked Swiss for one of the stories that they can imagine was going through his head. And he said, just when I thought I heard every DMX story there is to hear. <laughs> he said DMX was so spontaneous that he did things like this. Um, he would rent a car and he would go to like, you know, to rent a car place and get a car for the weekend. Probably was only staying two days. And... He would go customize the car. (laughs) He would go get whatever he wanted done to the car. He put rims on the car, you know, like whatever. If he wanted a TV in the car, you know, he'd do whatever he wanted to do. And he would drive the car around like that for the weekend. That's it. And take it back on Sunday and with the rims and everything. And they would be like, yo, what do you want us to do with this? And he would be like, figure it out. <laughs> hey, I don't know why, but it, maybe it's because I just knew him a little bit. I could just see him doing that shit, man, and I just died laughing. Like, yo, you talk about living? Like that's living, fam. You go put rims and whatever you want. Get to get the rental car detailed. <laughs> get it custom. Put your name in the seats. They usually get mad if people leave popcorn in the back or some shit. Imagine this. They just want you to fill the tank back up and not get it scratched. Export that shit back as a transformer. (laughs) Imagine your rental car come back as Optimus Prime. What the hell is going on, man? Figure it out. Who's next? I know I'm late on this, but a lot of people wanted me to give a take. And so I'm going to give one real quick. It'll be my first take. Pun intended. And my last take, because it's old now by the time y'all hear this. But I just want to say this. Um, This is about sports, but it's not about sports. I promise you, because I try not to do sports on the park, because I know most of y'all don't want to hear anything about sports. But I just want to say this because it's important to the culture. If you are aware who Stephen A. Smith is, the ESPN analyst, I got to be honest, he's looking like a clown lately. Bruh. Here's why. Kwame Brown was a first-round draft pick years ago in 2001, I believe, into the NBA. And obviously, when you're a first-round draft pick, there's a lot of expectations. And some players live all the way up to those expectations and some. LeBron's, Allen Iverson's of the world. Some players, not so much. Well, a lot of people have felt like Kwame Brown was a bust because he was a first-round pick. But here's the thing, Kwame Brown spent 12 seasons in the league and made like 60-something million dollars. So Stephen A. Smith, as an analyst, for 20 years, was calling Kwame Brown a scrub, trash, a bum, you name it. Talking crazy about him. Kwame never responded. Stephen A. and some other analysts have had a history of doing things like this. So 20 years later, just to catch you guys up, Kwame Brown decides to finally start fighting back, not only to Stephen A. Smith, but to everyone who he feels has wronged him. He's back with a vengeance. Man went from 4,000 or something like that, YouTube subscribers, to hundreds of thousands, maybe a million by now, I don't know, in like a week, (coughs) just from clapping back at other black men in the media with Stephen A. Smith at the top of his list. And his message is all over the place. A lot of it I agree with, not all. But the one here, the one that's relevant, is him basically telling Stephen A. Smith, hey, you spent years kicking me, bro. Kicking me while I was down, saying bad things, following me around, calling me a scrub, calling me a bum. And This man's never said anything back. So now he's speaking, and he's calling Stephen A. all types of names. Names I won't necessarily repeat, (laughs) but if you want to look it up, go ahead. Kwame Brown is an entertaining hour, for sure. has a lot to say, but he basically is calling him a clown. Because you tear down athletes, mostly the black ones, if we're being honest, in ways that it's not necessary. There's ways you can analyze the game or player's game and not kill them And make it seem as if you're just trashing them as a person. There's a science to it like everything else. But Stephen A responded. And that's the only reason I'm talking about it. Because his response was so trash. What Kwame Brown said was true. You've been extremely vocal about him and about a lot of other black athletes in ways that you wouldn't have done for other athletes. And he gets called out on it and he tries to double down by playing lowlights of Kwame Brown's career in a mashup. As if to say, yes, see, he is a scrub. Which is corny within itself because you can take 10 lowlights of any player that's ever played the game and make it seem like they suck. You can create that narrative with Michael Jordan if you wanted to. That says nothing. Why don't you show your highlights, Stephen A.? Bruh. And that's my thing. That's where I'm going with this. Why do we live in this world where someone can tear someone else down, but they made it somewhere where you only dreamed of? If Stephen A. wanted to be an analyst his entire life, that was his goal and he made it as an analyst and he was a really good analyst, that would be one thing. Then we could compare Kwame Brown, the basketball player, to Stephen A., the analyst, right? But in Stephen A.'s case, you've wanted to play in the NBA. That's what your dream was. Everybody knows that. But you couldn't ball. Wasn't good enough to make it to the NBA. Wasn't good enough to do work in college. My uncle went to high school with him. Said he wasn't that good there either. (laughs) And I'm not saying it's the bastard, brother, because I wasn't there. I don't know anything. I'm just saying, if this is true about him, which it appears to be, why does he get to get on a platform and talk about how much a scrub that someone else is that actually made it to the NBA and played for 12 seasons and made 60-something million dollars? He may be a scrub relative to Shaquille O'Neal, but he's no scrub relative to you. And I feel like that applies to life. So many times, the person that people talk about is usually someone doing better than them. Normally, you don't talk about the people that ain't doing so good. What's that do for you? You just got to be a evil person to do that. There's nothing in that. You want to talk about a homeless person? what you get out of that? Nothing. Most of the time, the people who are talking are talking about someone who is doing better than them. So I like to be the person who's not doing the talking. I'm pardon, Somebody's listening. I don't know who. Kwame Brown said, well, if I'm a bus... And I bought my mother a house at 18. Got her on a golf course somewhere. It made 60 mil. Well, every kid should be a bust. (laughs) Facts. Where do I sign up? Where's the train to the bust? At some point, we got to ask ourselves, what is Stephen A. talking about? And that is not a sports thing. That's a media thing. That's an all across the board thing. There are bullies in the industry who talk down on people who are doing things they could never do. And I think that's corny. And I try with my platform, no matter how big it ever gets, to always be about my jokes at one point, and then to always be a different way when it's not about the jokes. Because the jokes oh, I'm going to get to somebody. I have to. I'm a comedian. I have to do this, right? Try to do it in the most respectful manner. But at the same time, I understand what comes with this. If I say something about someone and they don't like it, which has happened. <laughs> I've had a run in with a celebrity who didn't think one of my jokes were funny in my life. But I got it when it came to me. I didn't pull the Charlemagne move and send a cease and desist. No, oh, I said what I said. What happens now happens now because it's never malicious for me. It's never foul intent. It's always just a joke. Diddy going to run up on me at some point. I already right, know it's coming. Bruh. And I'm going to cop every plea in the world. If you're there, watch it. Watch the pleas I cop. Yo, I was on, yo, Diddy, I was on Adderall, fam. I was wilding. Yo- <laughs> I'm going to be the guy who owes money. You know? <laughs> Any excuse to get out. But you own what you say. You have to. You are only responsible for what you say. You ain't responsible for how somebody acts. You can't do nothing about how they take it. You got to keep that in mind. So when I say these things, I'm prepared for whatever comes with it. You have to be. You can't be like, oh, I can't believe he took it that serious. Oh, I can't believe he ain't he ain't think it was a joke. I'll never do that. I thought it was a joke. You didn't think it was funny. Now we do whatever we have to do. We dance. But I would tell you first, like, I didn't mean it like that, but I can't be mad at you if that's not okay. And I feel like that's what Stephen A is doing. You can't tell Kwame Brown what he can or cannot say now. You shouldn't be talking to him at all. You got your opinions off for 20 years. Just shut up. Apologize and move on, bro. You've talked that way about a lot of men, a lot of black men especially, and then pretend to be the guy who's rooting for the black guy. That's not you. That's not you. You get up there and try to keep going. At the end of the day, no matter what you say about this man, he accomplished something you never could. You have to keep that in mind. Humble yourself because you look nasty. Matter of fact, this wasn't even supposed to come to later, but I got a couple sicko awards in the building. Give Steven A a sicko award. Made this with all the ice on in the booth. At the gate outside, when they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, boys, that's Nike boys I've out. Nobody likes a bully. But everybody rejoices when a bully gets punched in the mouth. Even people who don't like violence. Because of what the bully represents. Stephen A. is the bully getting punched in the mouth. That's pretty much it.
1: Who's next?
0: All right, let's keep it 100. A few things I want to get to in the keep it 100 section, man. I'm going to pause for a minute. I'm going to talk to somebody. Y'all know how it go. To whoever needs it, a person's interpretation of you is not your business. I'm going to say it again. A person's interpretation of you is not your business. Too many of us make that our business. I used to be one of them. Why do you care what somebody else think of you? You have to ask yourself that. And this is the thing. I'm bringing this up because, well, one, I get asked this question a lot from a lot of the people close to me. How do you deal with the opinions, with what people say, comments, things of that nature, right? And another reason is because I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and I've always noticed that he's the kind of guy who will always say, Yo, I don't care what people think, I don't care what people think, but he says it all the time. And I called him out on it one day. I was like, yo, you got to stop doing that. He was like, what? I was like, everything you do, I can tell you're doing it to impress somebody. And this was way back in the day. This is like when we was in college. And he's like, what you mean? And I was like, I could just tell, bro. And it's always followed with, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. The reason you say that so much is because you're trying to convince yourself and whoever you talk to. You don't care. Nah, I really don't care. So I really don't care. And of course, he didn't hear me at first. Eventually he did, but I could see it because it's so easy to say, I don't care what people think. There's someone in everyone's life. There's so many of us. I used to be one. Again, I'm not judging. This is coming from experience who walk around saying, even if you only say it to yourself, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. But everything you do (laughs) gives off that you actually care what people think because the fact is most of us do. It's human nature to care what someone else thinks. It just is, whether we want to admit it or not. And I spent a lot of years swearing I didn't care what someone else thought, but I did, and it wasn't until recently in my life where I got to a place where I truly didn't, and it's different. And the only reason I really got there was because I had to. That's what God had for me. My journey led me somewhere to where it was like, all right, the only way I'm going to survive this is to not care what's going on around me. I have to focus. Tunnel vision, that's it. Sometime life will give it to you. That's when you leap, when you jump. No other options, right? But I found myself talking to a couple of my friends about this, and they were intrigued by it. So I said, all right, I'll talk about it on the pod. If you truly want to get to a space, I mean truly, genuinely, where you do not live your life for the opinions of others or based on what other people think, like, you really got to ask yourself, do you own your life? Do you? Do you do what you want to do? Obviously not in a way to where it hurts others. That's a whole nother thing. But do you do what you want to do when it's time to for you? Everybody doesn't. Sometimes you may not want to do that because how you look. or well, someone might think. You don't want to say that because you don't know how that's going to come off, right? And especially in the sensitive society we live in, it's even worse now. You doubt yourself even more. Man, it's hard enough, but there's a lot of people who run around saying they don't care what anybody thinks and they care a whole lot. And for a lot of us, it's so deep that sometimes when somebody don't fuck with you the way you think they should, it'll make you feel like you need to change. If your confidence is not right, what somebody think of you may feel like, damn, maybe I am wild and maybe I am weird. But what if it ain't you? What if it's them? I came to pod. Y'all thought I was playing? I'm talking to somebody. What if it's not you? What if they only call you weird because you do something that they don't do? That's all it takes to judge people nowadays. We got to remember that when people are forming opinions. I talked about this on one of my other podcasts when somebody asked me, yo, Mo, how you got to that point of not caring? I said the first thing I had to say to myself was, where do these people's opinions come from of me? I think I said this before. They come from something I've said. (laughs) that's it. They don't know my life. They don't know my journey. They don't know my struggle. They don't know my heart. They don't know what I've done. They don't know what I faced. They don't know my challenges. They don't know who I really am. They don't, it's so much people don't know when they judge you. They just may have heard something you said one day. Oh, I don't like him. He's a clown. I don't like her. She's whack. So that's fine. You can't be mad at that. But at the same time, you think I'm gonna let it affect me? <laughs> Where is it coming from? Why do you ever care what someone thinks? They don't know you. Don't, Now, if my mama says something to me, my dad, my sister, someone like that's going to hurt a little bit. That's going to sting. But that's family. That's family. That's supposed to be that way. Right. But outside of that, why are you talking to me? Why do you have an opinion on me? Enjoy me or don't? You know, know, whatever. I'm not in your living room. If I'm on your computer screen or on your phone or in your living room, that's by choice. I'm not forcing myself in there. You did that. You bothering me for. That's the way I eventually saw it. Right. And. Secondly, I realized that we live in a society where all you got to do is do something different than somebody else for them to judge you. <laughs> it's not always like somebody's judging you from this fair standard of what is supposed to be normal or accepted or whatever the case. A lot of times people are judging you just because you've done something they've never seen or that they wouldn't do. So that's judgment. Cuz most people are not going to in that moment go, that's kind of dope, that's fire. Let me pick up on that. I never Now nah, they're going to go that's whack. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Right, so that's where the judgment comes from. Like, I've, I've heard people say, yo, it was wild, somebody stopped talking to me because I got vaccinated. And then I've also heard people say, yo, it's wild, somebody stopped talking to me because I didn't get vaccinated. And it was like, a, <laughs> for me, it was like, see? No matter what you do, somebody somewhere is going to judge you. Regardless, go left, right, don't matter. They're going to judge you, right? If they didn't go the direction you went in, guess what's coming? Judgment. <laughs> so when you look at it like that, Well, you got to ask yourself, why in the hell would you spend any more time caring about opinions or judgment? That's what worked for me. And I think the more you deal with people, the more you realize how people project. Everybody is not so in tune with themselves that they can speak to you without a filter. That's coming from what you already know or what you already feel or what you've already experienced. So sometimes it's projection. Somebody say, oh, are you this or you that? And it's like, that's completely them, but you can't tell them that. <laughs> you know? I know somebody that experienced dealing with somebody, and they give off how they don't like all of these different characteristics about you, and you be like, that's really you. That's not even me. I don't know. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes people project. So you put all these factors together. And you just start to realize that a person's interpretation of you is not your business. I always said it was like an everybody is a everybody society. And what I mean by that is like, who's really themselves? Like, who's really who they truly are when you meet them? That is rare. I always bring up the fact that I never forgot what my grandmother told me. Rish, one day you're going to learn that nine out of ten of the people you're going to meet in life are full of shit. <laughs> And I got to ask my grandma one day, because to this day, I don't know if she was joking when she said that or if she was serious. But I, I think I remember her telling me she was serious. And it's true. Everybody ain't about to give you a hundred, man. I used to think they would. Nope. Not going to happen. That's rare. Look how people celebrate the DMX. One of the few people I've ever met in my life who was a hundred. It's rare. It's rare. You know somebody like that, you better appreciate them, value them, love them. It's rare. Like, everybody wants to be a boss, right? That's the society we're in today. Everybody's a boss. Yo, what do you do? I'm a boss. I got a homeboy. He walks around all the time. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. He tells everybody that I'm a boss. You don't have one employee. <laughs> he gets mad at me, but I'm like, fam, you how are you a boss without an employee? You've not employed anyone. I haven't even seen you interview anyone. You've done, nah, but I'm, I'm lit, though. It's a business. Of, of what? I'm the CEO of what? How much is it worth? Sometimes we're in a title title world now. Everybody's a public figure. What does that really even mean anymore? It's 100 million people with 100 million followers. What does that even mean anymore? What is a celebrity? What is a public figure? It's hard to define these things. Everybody's a chief. But how is everybody a chief if there's no Indians? Everybody's a leader. How is everybody a leader if there's no followers? Not the ones on Instagram. The algorithm is trash on Instagram anyway. So how many of them are really following you? It's the same thing in life. (laughs) A lot of these people don't create the kind of fan base or audience or listenership or whatever you want to call it where they're actually leading. Like where someone walks away from their product and got better, learned something. The way I feel when I walk away from talking to my dad. The way I feel when I walk away from listening to Les Brown. Like that kind of leadership. That ain't out here. With these podcasts and platforms and things that people are creating. They're just putting a mic on and talking. About things that they think might be interesting. Trying to get some clout. He worried about trying to get a following by building content. Not realizing if you just build the content, the following will come. That's most of them. It's different. Everybody's everybody. But in order for you to really become what you want to be, you got to first accept that you're not that. Because you ain't going to work as hard as you need to work if you don't accept your genuine circumstances. You trying to make yourself feel like you won before you won because it feels good. Yeah, that's great. Until something happened in life where you really need to have had won in order to deal with it. And you ain't win. You wasn't prepared for it. Right? It's like faking the studying. Then the tests come. Now what? You got to the test, but you got to be able to pass it. Which means you got to sometime humble yourself and accept your true circumstances before you can fix them. It's okay to be a follower for a little while. till it's your time to lead. It's okay to be an Indian until it's your time to be a chief. It's okay to be an employee until it's time to be a boss. Y'all don't hear me, though. Who's next? People who say, I've been hurt, so I'm done. You hear this all the time. I used to do this, too. Oh, I'm hurt. I'll never find someone else. So everybody sucks, right? I always talk to ladies about this. When I'm like, I always hear women like, yo, all men are trash. All men are trash. And I think it's funny. I don't think any man should ever be offended by that. I don't know why men get offended. But I don't think most men do. Like, why would you care? That's just... That's just something some women say. And if you say it jokingly, that's one thing, and it's funny, fine. But if you're dead serious, because some women say it and be dead serious. All men are trash. And like, you never thought that just maybe you picked three or four bad men? <laughs> like, that never crossed your mind? You just think the entire universe, everybody's dad, everybody's husband, everybody's son, just all trash. There is not one good man out here. I know that to be a lie, because I know a few of them. Really good men, actually. Great men. Excellent men. There are so many good men in the world, but there are some women, not saying all at all, who won't accept that maybe I just have to get a little better at who I choose, or what I look for, or who I am. Nah, I'd rather blame the
1: entire.
0: <laughs> One day we're going to have to talk about this. No shade at all. Men do it too. Know a lot of men. Yo, all women are trash, all women are hoes. I know men who say these things. That's not true. I know quite a few women who are really, really good women. But this mindset of all people do this. you rather blame a whole, a whole world of people then accept the fact that maybe you're just not that good at drafting. (laughs) Maybe you're Michael Jordan and you drafted Kwame Brown, (laughs) who is not a bust and I have nothing bad to say about. Let me be very clear. Kwame Brown is the GOAT. I care what Michael Jordan is talking about. Because the way he tearing these other dudes up, I want no smoke. But you get my point. And you can't walk around the world saying to yourself, I got a friend, I just had to talk out of this. Y'all, I'm hurt. I'm done. I'm never going. Stop all that. Too many people be so quick to do that. Stop that. There's no point. And then he told me, Nah, Mo, it's not like that. I'm just protecting myself. I'm not going into it with this idea that it could be great because what if it's not? I got to be prepared. So I'm just kind of going to keep myself guarded, you know, build the wall. So all that bullshit you always hear people say, right? And I'm saying this because I was the guy at some point doing the same things until I realized, well, maybe some of these things are going wrong because I'm having this expectancy that they're going to go wrong. Maybe I play a little part in that. Maybe I should go out here and just start expecting things to go well and not put up a wall, not be guarded, not defend myself. You'd be surprised. How things may change for you. That concept, when you think about it, it doesn't make much sense. It's similar to saying, hey, at the end of life, we're all going to die. So what's the point of enjoying it while we're here? That's stupid. Yeah, you might get hurt in a relationship. You might get hurt in a friendship. It happens. But what's the point in being in it? Just to be guarded because it might happen. You might die tomorrow. That don't mean you live today guarded. (laughs) That means it's balls to the wall. Shirt off. What's up? Should be the same way you operate in your friendships and your relationships. People going to hurt you. They're going to fail you. They're going to disappoint you. It happens. But live to love. It's the only way you'll truly love to live. I came to pod. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? And the last thing I'm going to say on this, I thought of what I was just talking about. Because a lot of times when I talk to y'all and I'm telling y'all what's on my mind, I think of things that I wish I would have been able to tell myself at a certain point in life because then I'm like, maybe it'll help somebody. That's kind of how I look at it. And that was one of the things is that, hey, you're going to get hurt. People are going to lie. People are going to do you wrong. People are going to be shady. It's going to happen. Right. But you can't walk around just constantly guarding yourself and being in defense of that because you will never allow yourself to have those true feelings of just pure love and joy and trust and all of these different things that you don't allow yourself to get to because of your past. And it all made sense for me to be that way until one, I looked at it like what I just told y'all, you know, that life is going to end and it might hurt, but that's why you enjoy every moment, right? So that's why you enjoy every moment of the relationship or friendship or what have you. Two, Because I remember DMX quoting in the Nori interview he just did before he passed that sometimes it's not about not trusting people. It's about trusting people to be who they are. Some people to show you, yo, that's who they are. She's this way. He's this way. Sometimes you got to cut them off for it. Other times you just trust them to be that. And that's fine. You keep them there. Don't not trust them. Trust the snake to be a snake. Trust the king to be a king. Whatever the case. And three, Vanessa Bryant. And I mean this in the most respectful manner because I absolutely love Kobe Bryant. If you know me, you know that. One of his biggest fans since I learned who he was. But something hit me a little differently when I watched Vanessa get up there and accept his Hall of Fame speech. Because if you looked in her eyes, at least me, I saw a love that I've never known. The way she spoke about that man, the passion, the genuineness, the clarity, all of it, the poise. It was amazing. But the love, how much she loved him was so obvious, so present. The way she represented him. If you've never seen somebody talk about you or feel about you that way, it did something for you to see it. If you were paying attention, I said, whoa. Only my mama or my grandmama done sat there and talked about me with that kind of, I ain't not nobody romantically, I don't know that love, man, what's that? I ain't never seen it, maybe they did it behind my back, I ain't never seen it, but you talk about these fake, quote unquote, perfect relationships, and a lot of times, you're stuck with not knowing if you should forgive in a relationship, if you can, if you will, if you should, if you shouldn't. Maybe your situation is just far too going for you to do it. That's fine. But other times, you got to ask yourself, is it really worth cutting this person off, hating this person? Because she stood up there with that kind of love. And look how quickly we forgot the pain that he caused her once. Publicly. Man, they wanted to torch Kobe. The whole world. Everybody was so mad at him. They hated him. Right? And that's what I mean when I say I want to be respectful because I don't even want to bring that up, but I only bring it up to say. Damn. They went through that at some point in time. Obviously, we all saw it, and I can't imagine what Vanessa felt. But clearly, at some point, <laughs> you can say it was the money, it was Kobe, it was, you say whatever you want. Fine. All I know is that event happened at some point in life, and then I saw her get up there and do what she did. And the love the love that came from her. And I said to myself, man, if you really want to, you can get past anything. And if you can get past it, you should get past it. Because unfortunately, Kobe's not here anymore. So ask yourself, is that person, maybe it's romantic, maybe it's friendship, maybe it's whatever it is. But you don't want to forgive them, you hating them. If they're still here, is it worth it? I came to
1: pause. who's
0: next all right let's do questions of the week real quick um i gotta get out of here but starting a new segment i'm doing questions for the listeners so if you listen to the podcast follow me on instagram i am moe i'm o mitch um if you don't because every once in a while, I'm just going to give you guys an opportunity to just ask me questions, and I'm gonna answer them on the pod. So let's do it. Who's next? All right, let's see what we got. Now put them. All right, yeah, just give them to me. Let me see. All right, let's go. Uh, Betsy, do you finally feel proud of yourself? That is a great question. Um, yes, I do. Thank you for asking that. That means you've you've paid attention. Uh, for a while. It was difficult for me to feel proud of myself or to accept that I've done anything worth bragging about or anything like that. And I somewhat still struggle with that. But I certainly do feel proud of myself for some of the things I had to deal with and I have come through and the man I am becoming. Not always proud of the man I am, but I am certainly proud of the man I am becoming. Who's next? Who on the show makes you laugh the most? Um... (laughs) That's a toss up, man. It really depends on the day. Honestly, it could be it could be either of the hosts. I know that's like a politically correct answer, but it really does. It depends on the day. Um, but on a low low, Tommy is pretty damn funny. He don't talk a lot. But every once in a while when he come with a little zinger, I'll be like, yo, this man is Tommy is pretty funny. I think y'all don't, yeah, that's low key. Y'all don't even know that. Uh, most embarrassing moment on the show. See what I did there? Ah, uh, because you spelled moment, moment. Yes, I do see. I appreciate that. Let's see. Most embarrassing moment on the show. Probably when they made me do anything during Live Like a Woman Week, man. yeah, Any of it. Pick one. I'm not going to repeat what I did because I'm trying to forget what I did. In fact, stop asking me questions that make me remember what I did. But that, <laughs> that week was the most embarrassing moment for me by far. Do you see yourself staying in Atlanta after the Bird Show or moving back to New York? I'm not sure. I don't know where life will lead me. That's a good question. Um, it's not like I have to go back to New York or I have to stay in Atlanta. I probably will end up in Atlanta regardless of what I do, to be honest, because I've enjoyed my time here. And, yeah, that's that. Who's next? How do you deal with the fatigue of being a dreamer? Man, that's a good question. Um... You sleep when you can, obviously. (laughs) Uh, But I try to make sure that at least for an hour, literally, every day, I just don't do anything. Like, that's my new thing. I used to take an hour and maybe I would watch something on Netflix or maybe I would read a book. I would do something that was active, but it never felt like it was enough when I did that because... You watch a show, and then you're mad that you can't watch another one, and you don't have the time. and then So I literally, every day, try to take an hour where I just relax. I just find some peace. I just think. I just cool out, sit by the pool, do something like that to where you can really just take it in for a second, rest your brain, and it's like an hour of vacation every day. It might do something different for you. Try that. Who's next? What's the craziest story about Eagle Crest you remember? Oh, man. Uh, that was my high school. Um, I remember, (laughs) uh, the day that I had to break up with this, this girl that I, I was dating and we were only dating for like a month. She was a senior. I was a freshman. My mom didn't like her, but I, you know, she was a senior. So I, I was feeling myself, but it wasn't really working out like that. She ain't had no business talking to me. And I like just, you know, I just gave her a note and told her like, yo, it's over. And then I just remember her running down the hallway. Like after I walked out of one of my classes, she was. I'll never forget her just sprinting full speed down the hallway.
1: You're gonna dump me! How could you dump me?
0: And I was. I went right back in the classroom. I was like, "Yo, close the door, teach." <laughs> this woman's gonna kill me. It was um. There's a lot of lot of students in the hallway. That was that was a moment. Who's next? Uh, how are you? Thank you, Jenny. I am well. It's Mental Health Month, too. A lot of y'all ain't check on your friends and family and simply just ask them how they doing. It's Mental Health Month. All right? Check on people's mental health. Ask them how they doing. Check on your strong friends. Don't assume everybody is okay. If they tell you they're fine, ask them twice. It's Mental Health Month, damn it. Well, not at the time that y'all hear this. Because, cause again, I, I recorded it before. But you get the point. I'm well, Jenny. Thank you. If you had a picture of yourself with J-Lo, wouldn't you post it now, too? Uh, in short, yes. (laughs) Who's next? Would you ever do a comedy show in Denver? I live in Colorado and would love to see a show. I have done comedy shows in Denver, and I will be doing another one before the year is out. I will keep you posted. Who's next? Five seconds left, tie game. Who you want taking the last shot, Kobe or MJ? Doesn't matter, fam. It really doesn't matter. And I'm mad that you would even ask me a question like that. But... I'm only going to say MJ because I knew MJ first, but it really doesn't matter. Rest in peace, Kobe. Who's next? Beauty or brains? All right, now we're asking the tough questions. Um, uh, Honestly, for me, brains, by far. If you'd have caught me when I was younger, I'd have told you beauty and I'd have fought you about it. But nah, man, I've gotten a little bit older and beauty is great. I mean, yeah, for the moment, but it fades brains typically don't fade if you like somebody for what they look like they may not always look that way if you like somebody for who they are well they're only going to grow and get better may even grow to be better for you now that's the kind of thing you truly fall in love with that's what lasts so beauty is great don't get me wrong but what else a lot of people are beautiful what else who's next how has the move to atlanta been on a scale of one to ten? Ten being better than you hoped uh ten by far My move to Atlanta has been a 10. It didn't start off that way. It was rocky in the beginning, and I was going through a lot, and I've kind of talked about that on my journey. But now, in the grand scheme of things, and I look back on it, big picture, Atlanta welcomed me, embraced me. I've loved it here, man, honestly. I really have. And uh, Atlanta feels like a new home, genuinely. So I'd say a 10. Who's next? No question, just well wishes. I listen to y'all daily, and I know you've been through some ish. Well, thank you, Smooth Jazz, and back at you. Who's that? What type of books do you like to read? Love you on both shows. Thank you, Lisa. I love you back. Um, I read all kinds of books, but Self Help is probably my favorite books. Books that give you different perspectives and viewpoints of life and kind of help you navigate through your journeys. I, I love anything that's going to help you improve as a person. Those are my favorite type books by far. When I was younger, though, I used to read all those little romantic books that men wasn't supposed to read because they was like, You got made up for reading Sister Soldier and all that. I used to read those and hide them under my bed. I ain't really want to let nobody know. But I'm telling y'all now because, you know, we like that. Who's next? Love the podcast, bro, 100. But when can we get a moist and glistening reunion? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's funny, Trey. Uh, He's referring to my man Blake Eason. And that's back when me, Blake, and Katie used to do the podcast for... My uh my older listeners. But um it's funny you say that because I literally hit Blake up on IG this morning. Literally DM'd him and was like, Yo, it's time. We're gonna be back in the studio in a little bit, what's up? And he was super excited. He's doing really well. Shout out to Blake. He is my my man is killing it. But um now we are very excited, actually, to bring you guys a reunion very soon. Um it's coming shortly for those who care. So within the next month or two, I'd say it's it's coming. Wait on it. Who's next? All right, sick old Walt. The the second sickle of of the week is going to my man Kyle, a.k.a. Case, a.k.a. one half of 1901. He's in one of my group texts. I was talking about the group texts earlier with a mutual friend of ours, and I learned... I learned something about him that, well, he had a sick night. So I had to give him the sick award because in the group text, it was random. And I don't remember it exactly how it happened. So I'm just going to give y'all my perspective of it. um I'm pretty sure he's going to enjoy that. But the thing is, I'm going to tell y'all this just because I want y'all to know the kind of things that just pop off in my group text randomly sometime. I mean, we were talking about sports. We were talking about entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, we just talking. And out of nowhere, off of the sports talk, my man Coach just threw one out there. Hey, yo, Case, you remember when you was walking around CVS with a hot dog pretending it was a dick? And I was like, whoa, wait. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Yo, he wasn't talking about CVS, hot dogs, dicks, nothing like that. Like, no part of the text was about that. And he just came with this kind of fire. And obviously, I start laughing. And I tell Case, I'm like, yo, you got some splaining to do, little sick. And Case wasn't even worried about the whole hot dog in the dick part. Like, he wasn't worried about that at all. He was just like, yo, if you don't have a picture, then it didn't happen. And then I was like, okay, what are you, was he really doing this? What do you mean he was running around CVS with a hot dog dick? And, <laughs> and, He was like, I don't know. I just looked at him, and I was like, yo, what are you doing? And he just was, like, doing this weird laugh and running around with the hot dog. And then Case come firing back, and he don't even care about the hot dog dick. He like, where am going to get a hot dog in CVS? I'm like, hey, hell with where y'all was at. It don't matter where y'all was at. Why would you have a hot dog running around with it pretending it was a dick? And then Coase is like, they sell them right by the kebab palace. That CVS. And then Case just start laughing. And he's like, I know what you're talking about now. And I'm like, good, good. Now can we get to the hot dog dick? Case still mad about the location. Talk about, nah, you be telling the stories wrong. It was at the gas station. That wasn't the CVS. It was at the Exxon. And coach is like, yeah, you right. And I'm like, yo, can y'all stop trying to figure out where it was and explain to me why he was running around the store with a hot dog pretending it was a dick. Bruh. That's all I want to know, man. Coase was looking for pitches. I think Case ran around with the hot dog for like a week. Just kept waking up, putting it in his pocket. Going on about his business. He had the hot dog dick for a year and a half. Think he built a tank in his house for the hot dog dick. I don't know what else he did, man. What do you, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> why did you... Who does that? Who even thinks to do that? He by far gets the sickle award this week. I told him he was gonna get it. You are a sick mother. Made this here with all the ice on in the booth at the gate outside. When they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, right, reflective like moment out of the week. This is, way too <laughs> this is not at all gonna be the greatest transition. However, right after I did the interview with Bert, I didn't pod that week. Um, and I haven't done a part since I've experienced my late grandmother's birthday, but I'm only giving this to you because, uh, I got a couple tweets and a couple Instagram DMs about how it was and just how did I deal with it because people go through it. You know, having to deal with, um, losing a loved one and in, you know, their birthday or mother's day or father's day or whatever day is hard. Ain't no way around it. It's hard. You know, and the first one is the hardest from what I hear, and it was extremely hard. Um, I thought I could get through it like any other day, you know, just kind of mentally tell myself I'm fine, push through it. But I couldn't. I couldn't. I felt her presence. It was the first time in my life that I didn't call her on that day. I realized that in that moment. First time there was no card, you know, for her to receive. And first time I couldn't celebrate her by hearing her voice and telling her how much I love her. And it sucked. It sucked. It was one of the worst days of my life. But I um I got through it. I cried when I had to. I prayed when I had to. Um I went through it on my own. Not going to lie. <laughs> I was in my feelings, man. I don't get in my feelings a lot. I don't. But most of the time I'm joking when I get in my feelings, but this this time, yo, not one person reached out to me to say, "Hey, know it's your grandmother's birthday. Hope you're doing fine." I was hurt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to y'all. First thing I did was reach out to my father and my uncle. As soon as I got off air, told them we in this together. You know, my father was going to put some flowers down at her gravesite. And my uncle was getting through it. And, you know, I felt like, okay, I checked on them. I did my part. And then no one checked on me. I mean, I ain't get. The funny thing is, I get phone calls and texts every other day every single other day. For some reason, nobody checked on me this day. So maybe it was meant for me to be alone. Maybe it was really meant for me to have to lean on God. That's how I looked at it. Perspective is everything. I didn't get mad at anybody, but I was hurt. I ain't gonna lie, but I got through it. That's the point that I'm making to those who have reached out asking how, why. There's no, I don't really think there's any advice that I could truly give you. You know, I prayed, I celebrated her. I did things that I knew she'd want me to do. I thought about her, I talked to her, spoke to her, told her all of the things I would have told her if she was here. I laughed at some at some moments we had. I cried again. And then I went on about my day, went to sleep as early as I could. <laughs> Tried to go to sleep at 6.30 p. <laughs> Get this day over with, you know? But I got through it. And that's what you'll do, too, when you have to, if you have to. But I'll tell you, man, if I can't ever give you any other kind of advice, if you are someone who has not lost A loved one that impacts you in that manner, that way, to that magnitude, that level. A mom, a dad, a child, a grandparent, a husband, a wife. Those losses are different. A brother, a sister. Those losses are different. And I remember... When I was at a place in my life where I never had that kind of loss. I lost my best friend really early. I lost my Nana really early. So I had big losses. But those losses, when you lose somebody you spoke to every single day, you know, that you love in that way. If you are at a point in your life where you have not had that yet, enjoy it. Genuinely. Enjoy it. Call them. Love on them. Just appreciate the fact that that pain is not there. Because as much as time goes on and you... You get a little better, you heal a little bit, you are never the same. I promise you. And with that said, quote of the week for whomever may need it. The reality is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same. Nor should you be the same. Nor would you want to. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I know whose quote it was this week, guys. All right, y'all, I got to get out of here. I'm on my way to Aruba. Nothing but love and positive energy, positive vibes to you. Hope you had a safe Memorial Day weekend. I wouldn't tell you to have one, but by the time you hear this, you've already had it, so I would sound crazy. (laughs) But I do wish y'all nothing but love and positive good energy. Thank you for kicking it with me once more. It's always a pleasure to be in the moment with you. Until next time. Next week, bitches. Yo, they ain't here roasting me for saying potty. What's wrong with potty? Like, yo, it's I came to pod. I came to potty. I'm saying. Yeah, like I came to potty. I came to pod. I put pod and party together and got potty. Not potty like you taking a Shit. But that's fine too, cause I'm shitting on them. <laughs> I can't I can't potty? I'll potty if I want to. I have a potty potty. Matter of fact. Potty yaddy 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 yaddy
1: yaddy 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 yaddy. Yada yada Curvy, uh-huh. wavy, big titties, little waist, body crazy. Curvy, wavy, big titties, little waist. Body, yadi 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 how I body that, ate it up and gave it back. Yeah, you look good, but they still wanna know we're making that. talking like a barbecue, but you won't get your baby back. See me in that dress, and he felt like he almost tasted that. Num 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 num, eat it up. Go play, okay? Three, two, one. You know I'm the hottest. You ain't never gotta heat me up. I'm present when I'm absent. Speaking when I'm not there.